We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. God is in this place this morning. I love it when the Holy Spirit decides, let's do something different, don't you? I love that. We have to be courageous enough, sensitive enough to allow him to have his way each time we gather together. This morning, if you'll give me just a few minutes, I want to challenge you from the word. But as I'm speaking this morning, this is my challenge to you. God's going to speak to some of you very directly. There's a need in your life. There's an issue you're confronting and facing that you can't conquer. The only way it's going to be overcome is by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. So as I'm speaking this morning and the Holy Spirit begins to speak with you, you're not going to be out of order when you do this. You simply come and find a place to kneel in this altar and let God do the work he's already promised to perform in and over your life. This isn't the day to hold back. This is the day to press in. This isn't the day to be filled with doubt or unbelief. This is the moment that you express and walk out your faith and see God do something mighty in your life. Be seated if you need to be. Stay right where you're at, worship team. We're not going to be long. Donna, if you'd put Isaiah chapter 54, verse 4 from the message on the screen for me, I would appreciate that very much. You and I have come to this service this morning, and through the worship, through the challenge from Daryl, we have been reminded that the only way we see God move in our life is when we choose to live by faith, when we choose to step out and see God do what only God can do. Look at this verse with me, Isaiah 54, verse 4 from the message, don't be afraid. I don't know who that speaks to this morning, but some of you have carried stuff into this room that scares you to death. You've walked into this place facing problems you know you will never overcome. You understand that what is against you is greater than your own ability, greater than your own resources, greater than your own expertise. It exceeds your experience. You have absolutely nothing to draw from to overcome that obstacle. But listen to what the word says. It says, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Oh, somebody, you need to hear it. It's time to stop holding back for fear that God won't deliver. You've been afraid that I'm in this thing by myself. You've been concerned that if I make a declaration and then God doesn't do it, I'm going to look bad. He just said, you're not going to be embarrassed. He just said, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're going, you're not going to come up short. Oh, somebody hear me. You may not have enough in your bank account to pay tomorrow's bills, but my God just said, if you'll trust me, you don't need to be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to come up short. It's all about walking in faith and believing God will do what God has said he would do. Everything we're receive from God comes through faith. Daryl mentioned it. God said, I've already given you the measure of faith. We understand that the word of faith is nigh you, even in your mouth. God has planted it in your heart and that means he expects it to cross your lips, to come out your mouth, to declare my God has said, my God is able and I choose to trust the word of the living God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith 
faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. From the message, the last part of that verse says, it's the handle on what I can't see. Oh, somebody hear me this morning. You've been living in the promise of God. You've been believing God for something for years and years and years. Today is your day. Today is your hour. It's time to rebuke doubt, rebuke the devil, rebuke the devourer, and stand in faith. Declare the word of God is in my mouth. The word of faith is operating in me and through me. Understand, when we choose to operate in faith, it's not our reputation that's at risk. It's God's. When I stand on God's word, I'm not saying how great I am. I'm saying how great he is. When I choose to declare the promises of God over my life and say, this too shall come to pass. It's not my word that's at stake. It's his word that's at stake. And I serve a God who cannot lie. I serve a God who watches over his word to bring it to pass. I serve a God who has already said, if I've declared it, it's going to happen. We need to understand it's not my reputation. It's his reputation that's at stake. And God is well able to defend his reputation. He's simply looking for some people who will stop being afraid, who will stand up and say, I'm going to get in faith and believe God will do what God says he will do. Faith is thanking God before he does it. Gratitude is thanking God after he does it. I'm looking for folks today who will get in faith, who will begin to thank God for what he's promised to do, even though it's not yet seen. Oh, folks, listen to me. There's a time to stop praying and start praising. Stop praying for it to happen and start praising him because it's already accomplished in the heavens. And as it's done in the heavens, it'll be done on earth. It's time to remember Romans 4 says, we serve a God which calls those things that are not. Somebody help me out. Calls those things that are not as though they are. Oh, we're talking about faith this morning. Listen, if you're trying to understand God in the limits of your mind, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to fail in Christianity. That's not where it happens. It happens in that silent arena of your heart when the Holy Ghost of God speaks to you. He anoints you. He causes his word to come alive in your heart. And you say, if you did it for Abraham, if you did it for Isaac, if you did it for Jacob, if you did it for Elijah, if you did it for David, if you did it for those of old, you'll do it for me today as well. God, let faith arise in our spirits this morning. Let faith arise in us today. It's time for somebody to stop praying for something and begin praising that it's already done. Oh, that's why I can say how great is my God. That's why I can sing I exalt him because I understand even when I don't see the plan working, God's still working the plan. Even when I'm in the dark, God's still at work and he's going to bring it to pass in my heart and in my life. Somebody hear me this morning. We want miracles. We want supernatural things. If you're going to walk on water, you first got to get out of the boat. Come on, it's time to stop talking and start walking. It's time to stop saying we're a charismatic Pentecostal church, but we don't see the signs that follow. Why? Because we're sitting in the boat of comfort. 
We're sitting in the boat of convenience. It's time to step out of the boat and let God do what God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. I'm here to tell you, God doesn't want this place empty. Not because he's interested in our seating capacity, but because he's interested in reaching men and women for Jesus Christ. Folks, we need to get that in our spirit so passionately that we don't sleep at night. We don't rest during the day. We are consumed with the fact that every single hour, 10,000 men and women die and go into a devil's hell. It's time for you and I to wake up, move out in faith, and see what God's going to do. Believe God to do something great in our hearts and in our lives. Just to walk on water, you got to step out of the boat. Now that first step feels awfully foolish. No one's ever done that before, Lord. No one's ever accomplished that except you. But when he said to Peter, come, Peter stepped over the side of the boat and he began to walk on the water. Oh, come on, folks. If you want to see the supernatural hand of God, you've got to move beyond what you can do. If you can do it with your resources, with your education, with your talent, with your ability, with your organizational skills, you don't need God. You're only going to see the supernatural when there's something in your life that you can't accomplish. But I am so glad to tell you this morning that if you need to see the supernatural, if you'll put your hand in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll say, lead me, guide me, direct me, take me where you want me to go, if you'll say, you speak, I obey, he will lead you to that place where the hand of God is revealed, the supernatural is unfurled, and you see God doing wonderful things in your heart and in your life. Secondly, I want you to declare your promise. See, this is the problem. A lot of us know what God has spoke to us, but we've never spoken it to anyone else. We've held it in our hearts. We bottled it up. We became captives to the promise. But I'm telling you, if you're going to speak it out to somebody else, if you're going to say to somebody, this is what God has promised me, something powerful begins to ignite within you when you declare the promise of God to someone else. Well, I've come to tell you, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not behind. I am highly favored and blessed of the Lord God. I've come to tell you, he has me in his hand. He understands my days. He knows what I need. The promise of God is great and mighty over me. I'm a mighty man of God. I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost. God is well able to do the things he's promised to you. It's time to declare your promise. 1 Samuel chapter 17, David killed Goliath. Interesting note, Saul said, why don't you use my armor to go fight the giant? What did David say? No, it doesn't fit. Listen, do you know why he said that? He said that because he wasn't going to fight. Listen to me. He was going to kill. There's a huge difference between fighting and killing. He wasn't going to fight the giant. He was going to take his head. You can read it. He said that very clearly. The God you have defiled today will deliver you into my hand. And I will smite you and take your head from you. That's what David said. His declaration. Now he hadn't even lifted his sling. He had done nothing. But he was declaring the promise of God over his life and the life of this nation. It's time for somebody to declare the promise of God over their life. 
it's time for somebody to say to the devil, you may be saying that, but you're defying God. You're not defying me. And I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And today you will bow. Today you will fall. Today you will be overcome. So when David defeated Goliath, they routed the Philistines, but it's almost a footnote in that story. It says that David took the head of Goliath to Jerusalem. That's significant, folks, because he was declaring the promise. He had already been anointed to be the next king over Israel, but he wasn't there yet. There was another in his place. He knew God's destiny, so he took the head of the giant that he just slew, the one that represented all that was evil in that place, and he held it up to Jerusalem. And you know what he was saying by doing that? He's saying, I'm coming for you. Just wait. I'm coming for you. He was declaring his destiny. Oh, somebody in this room today, you need to hold up the victories you have. You need to remember what God has done, and you need to say to sickness and disease and financial wealth, and to marital trouble and rebellious teenagers. I'm coming for you because what God has done today, he's going to do tomorrow. He was speaking into his destiny. He was declaring the promise of God over his life. He was saying that God is able. Now sometimes between the time we declare the promise and see it come to pass, we become kind of weak in our faith. We become kind of shaky. Did I really hear that? Is that actually what God said? Is that really for me? Is that what God really intended? May I remind you that it then becomes our responsibility to wait on God. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Oh, you need to understand it. It took 25 years for Abraham to see the promise. It took 120 years from the day God spoke to Noah until he and his family got on the ark. See, the problem is we do everything in two-minute segments. God, I stood in faith. I declared your promise. Why haven't you showed up yet? Come on, you need to learn to wait on God. What did Isaiah say? Those that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's time for somebody to say, I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to declare the promise of God. I'm going to stand in faith. And I'm going to believe that what God has promised, he is also going to perform. In that time of waiting, you need to hear this. You need to make sure that what you're holding on to is worth holding on to. Listen, there's a lot of junk in the church. There's a lot of false teaching in the church. There's a lot of things that just don't align with the Word of God in the church. And if you're holding on to something that doesn't align with the will of God and the purposes of God for your life today, turn it loose. You don't want that to come to pass. But if you know what you're holding on to, if you're holding on to the promise of a living God who speaks and decrees and performs, then never turn it loose. Know what you're holding on to and make sure it's worth holding on to. Understand God's going to come into your heart and God's going to come into your life. In David's life, killing Goliath was an act of bravery. Would you agree? An act of bravery. But a few years later, he had a chance to kill Saul, to advance his destiny. He had a chance to fast forward the plan of God. He chose not to. That was an act of integrity. Somebody needs to hear this. You're trying shortcuts. Stop it. You're trying to circumvent the plan of God. Stop it. 
I'd like to believe that when David had the moment to take Saul's life and step into that place of authority, he was reminded that Abraham tried the same thing and it didn't work out so good. So God has brought me to remind you there are no shortcuts to his will and to his plan. You need to learn to wait and watch and pray and see what God is going to do when he opens the doors and fulfills the promise. So declare your faith to someone. Number three, share, with, share your faith with someone around you. Someone you can trust. Someone that's going to get in the fight with you. Now don't share your faith with an unbeliever. That ain't going to work. But share what you're believing for with somebody who's going to stand with you. Even more, somebody that's going to hold you accountable when you get impatient. Somebody that's going to remind you, hold your ground. Hold your ground. The promise is worth waiting for. Hold your ground. Somebody who's going to remind you that faith will see you through. Stand your ground. Share your faith with someone. Moses had Aaron and her. David had his mighty men. Paul had Barnabas and Silas and John Mark and on and on we can go. You know, it's interesting that when David years later finally came to the city of Jerusalem, it was occupied by the Jebusites. But that was the city of God. He knew he was to take it, but the only way to take it was through the aqueduct. And David needed to find somebody who would partner with him, who would share in what God had promised to get the gates open so they could take the city. There was a guy by the name of Joab who was David's cousin. And Joab said, I don't have the anointing to be king, but I have the anointing to help the king. I understand who I am. I'm the guy he talks to that helps him stand in his faith, and I'm the guy who can advance the cause. So when they needed to open the gates of Jerusalem, Joab said, I'm your guy. Now, what did he have to do? He had to swim 67 feet underwater through the aqueduct to where the well came up inside the city gates. And once he swam that 67 feet, then he had to climb straight up 37 feet without the use of any tools or instruments whatsoever. Modern day rock climbers do the same climb. It takes them two hours without tools. So he had to swim. Then he had to climb straight. Can you imagine the strength that that required? And once he got to the top of the well, he had to kill the guards guarding the gate and throw them open for David and the armies to come through. Well, I'm here to tell you, you need to find a Joab in your life. You need to find somebody who will say, I'm in this thing with you. You're not fighting by yourself. I'm going to see it through. And if I need to swim 67 feet under the water and climb 37 feet straight out and kill the guards and throw open the gates, I'm your guy. Find somebody who will get in faith with with you. Somebody who will stand with you. Joshua chapter 14. Five years had passed as the Israelites had tried to take the land promised by God. And finally, they had all the land promised by God and Caleb then went back to Joshua. And he said to him in Joshua chapter 14, you remember the promise Moses gave us when we went with the twelve into the promised land. And then he went on to say, God has promised me this land. Matter of fact, I want to read it for you so you hear it and you understand what he's saying. Verse 8, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God connecting you and me to Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him and it was in my heart. What was the word? The word was, we are well able. 
The Lord's word was the Lord will go before us. The Lord will fight our battles. We can take the land because it's the promise of God. That's the word that was in his heart. And then he goes on to say, 40 years passed. Now I'm 85 years old. You need to hear this verse of scripture. Verse 11, and yet I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going out and for coming in. Do you hear what he was saying? He was rattling his saber. He was saying, I am ready to accept and take the promise that God has put before me. He's saying to Joshua, Joshua, you know, you remember, you heard it too. Now it's time for me to take what's mine. He read on through the scripture. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I'll be able to drive them out as the Lord said. You know what he was saying? He's saying I'm going back to the promise of 45 years ago. I'm going to believe that what God spoke then is going to be true today. And even though I'm 85, I'm still fit. I'm still ready. Give me the giant. Give me the fortified cities. Give me the mountains that God promised to me. Somebody in this place needs to step up right now. Say, give me the mountain. I'm tired of waiting. Today is my day. This is my time. I'm going to step out in faith and believe that what God has spoken into my heart, it's going to happen. Stand your feet with me across this room in the river. Come on, sing that song, whatever it is. And if God's speaking to you right now, step out and come. Several have already responded. Don't hold back. This is your moment. This is your time. Let God do something in you this morning. Come on right now. I'm not going to lay hands on you. You're going to reach out and God's going to touch you right where you stand stand because this is between you and the father and the father is true to his word the father is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent come on it's time to say like Caleb of old give me that mountain give me those fortified cities I want what you promised and I'm ready to take it today come on sing it out Kent in the river come on church God's talking to you step out and come Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.